Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Talk Show. Looking forward to this episode today. We're going to be talking about things that only people who grew up Catholic will remember. That's right. We're going to look at all the things, the idiosyncrasies of growing up Catholic that make it a really particular and unique experience that if you grew up Catholic, you're going to remember these things and think back on them fondly. That's right. Let's take a walk down memory lane in the Catholic Church. Great to have you guys back in the studio with us. We got Father Rich and Ryan here. How's it going? Good to be back. It's sounding good, Ryan. Yeah, a little under the weather, but, you know, I'm going to make it happen. I could either go way up here, but you guys make fun of my voice. Sounds like a, you know. Hi, I'm Mickey. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, not so much. I think you go Batman. I'll go Batman. (laughs) Batman. So, Batman wants to know what you Catholics be doing back in the day. (laughs) Is that... Batman, like that's ghetto Batman. <laughs> I don't know what that kind of. I've never heard of Batman like that. It's yeah, cool. well, you know, it's you the didn't next watch one. All the movies. Yeah, well, good. Yeah. So today we're talking about things that you'll remember if you grew up Catholic, right? Um, growing up Catholic is a very particular thing. It's not like any other type of childhood, and um, yeah, we have unique traditions, right. customs, yeah. and and some things that are you know things that are custom change over time. So there's probably separations of generations that, you know, people are listeners. They may have grew up in a different type of Yeah, I'd experience. say, look, if you grew up in the 80s, 90s, or 2000s, mm-hmm. these are things that you'll remember. Now, I mean, if you grew up in the 30s or 40s, what you'll probably remember is a um, Latin mass and more oh, reverence. But if you grew up in the <laughs> 80s, 90s, or 2000s, what you'll probably remember are these types of things. And, and yeah. this is the area that we grew up in. Something that What's I, the first thing that came to your mind when we fir- started this talk? Honestly, we, yeah. the first thing that came to mind was felt banners, tambourines, rain sticks, acoustic guitars. Did you, did, you, did you go to Dave Matthews concerts growing up? <laughs> <laughs> but that was my church. That was my church, for sure. It was my like, too. It was definitely the church of the 70s, for sure. Yeah, and, and my, my biggest recollection is, is the smell. Of the church. It's because like you it. have a giant nose and you just clap, captures it all. <laughs> As you rest your nose on the microphone right now. <laughs> Please take this wrathful thought from my head. We are being charitable today to one another. You brought it up first. No, but when you brought up the church of the 30s and the 40s, I grew up with my grandparents. They raised me along with my mom and my sister. And the way that they spoke about the, the, the churches in the city of Manhattan and having those huge festivals in the streets and, and those type of the life of the town, the life of the neighborhood that you grew up in, it all revolved around the church and mm-hmm. they had such culture and everything was oriented to the sacred. So when it was the Feast of St. Gennaro or the Feast of Our Lady, whatever it was, you know, Our Lady of Mount Carmel, there were processions and there were that festival music, well, you know, pr- parades in the street, like that type of stuff. Man, I wish I would have grew up in that now, type of Catholicism. Now, you've been to Little Italy in Cleveland with me before, yeah. right? Every year for the Feast of the Assumption, it's the biggest party in Cleveland every year. They do that. And it's uh, from Holy Rosary Church down there on Murray Hill. And yeah. it's just, they got the statue. Everyone's putting dollars on the Statue of Mary. There's, you know, food and everything. It's, it's one of the, it's, it's like that. So if you ever want to experience that firsthand, 
come up every year I go. It's yeah. amazing. My my request to you, Ryan Shield, is to facilitate a shoot, a special shoot for the Catholic Talk Show on site. Let's do it. I think yeah. that would be incredible. I would That's love cool. to do something like that. I mean, I'm just thinking about the food. <laughs> well, whenever Delacroix comes to town, whenever he comes to town, we go to this your, restaurant. Your schnoz, your schnoz is alive. This is early Thanks, morning, man. you know. And schnoz is alive. <laughs> So that's those things that those are, I think, the things that anyone who grew up Catholic throughout history would remember. But I think these are going to be more particular to the people who, you know, listen to our show. Are you quite I'm all just right? Thinking, I'm just thinking of Ryan Schnoz. Yeah, <laughs> Schnoz I too. do have a big, I got Jeez, an Italian man. nostril. Yeah. Oh, too. As he bumps his nose on his drink and shoots. <laughs> okay. Number I'm making one. a mess yeah, this morning. So you getting you got juice on the table I'm from sorry, laughing. It's coffee. You coughed on my Bible. I earlier, did. It was an accident. And you probably gave me the <laughs> flu. I'm, dude, okay. I apologize. Thank you guys. So one of our constant complaints is that we don't get into the topic soon enough. Uh, and here we are now. shooting water out of our mouth and talking about Delacrosse's schnauz. So yeah, I shouldn't do that. Let's sorry. get not into to the episode. It. So I'm doing it. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um did you get you guys both grew up Catholic your whole life, correct? Yeah. Cradle Catholic. To, every right. Sunday every <clears throat> Sunday we go to Mass and I can still see in my head the, the same people sitting in the same places for over a decade. Yep. Where did you sit? Your family? Uh front where you guys got the choir now, front yeah. left, uh maybe ten rows back. Uh Coach May was usually to our left. Uh Sinclair's to the right. They they were all the same, and then there were these Kids that were very disturbing behind us. Where they finally grew up, and and then we became friends. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, big shout out to Resurrection in Arlington. Yeah, that's my parish. Yeah, man. Yeah, growing up. Now, this is something I think everyone who grew up Catholic will remember, and that's when you were a kid, when you got to put the money in the basket. Man, you felt like a ball. You felt like you're just. Making it happen. Yeah. It's true. That was a big deal for kids and still is. It, still it really is. is. That's yeah. probably one of my earliest memories. Mine too. Sitting in the back of the church, passing passing the basket, and my mother putting a quarter in my hand to put in the collection basket. I've been deprived as a child because my parents never did that. No? Nope. And that's why you don't tithe today, Delacroix. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, can, I keep it in my pocket. <laughs> Well, you do digital. My kids do it. No, now. yeah, you do yeah. digital. No, 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 I don't. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dude, it's kind of embarrassing because the digital is great because like writing checks is with six kids, just getting out of the house and getting there on time. It's it's that's a whole thing, right? Then you get there. I usually have cash in my pocket and give it to the kids. But yeah, I do digital. And when I don't have cash, I'm like, oh, gosh, here's this guy, you know. And he's, he's going to look at the me. Basket. They give you these cards to put in in the basket, but I don't. Do you ever do that? Yeah, a lot of people who, who they've expressed that to me too. They they give online yeah. and they get the card, but they never really bring it and put yeah. it in. Yeah, anyways. but when you when you're a kid, but you should. I think you should. I mean, I think I should because then it tells people that I'm. Actually, I mean, hopefully that I'm giving. I'm not being. Well, they shouldn't be looking silly. at you what you're doing and putting it in the basket. Okay, but, all right. But I'll when you're a kid, that. you get to mass and you know they give you a dollar or something. If they give you the envelope and you're sitting there, you're six seven in. years old, yeah. and you're just holding on to this the whole time, yeah. waiting for that basket to come around. And it comes around, and you're like, yeah. Yeah, it's a great feeling. It was a moment to shine. That's, I still I do that. I do that with my daughter, and I do that with my son now. Um, they're the ones who get to put the money in every week, and it's it, beautiful. It, I think it instills in kids that they're they're really they really are to to contribute to the church, and 
it's an important thing that if you learn that young, it becomes something that's instilled in children. So, I mean, I think it makes a lot of sense. I'm so glad yeah. you do that. That's, that's yeah. beautiful, man. I do it too. But mm-hmm. before, I mean, before I have to go see a psychologist because of my deprived childhood, can we uh, <laughs> change the, the topic to the next one? All right. Well, this one, <laughs> this one, I'm, I'm sure that you had as a kid. Okay, good. Cause it wasn't up to your parents to provide. Okay. And that's when you were a kid and growing up Catholic, Donut Sunday was the absolute best. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And we still do it today. Absolutely. I mean, it's just like, it's just the thing. It's amazing. Do you know, we have not brought donuts yet out since I've moved to my parish at St. Oh, John Paul II. I man, have he's a bad failed. father. Millennial I'm priest, man. Father, you man. suck. Millennial I know. Priest. I know. What are you doing? I'm, pu- I'm getting it together. I'm God. trying. Is there any generation you like? <laughs> No, this generation's more wicked than the next. <laughs> That's in the Bible somewhere. <laughs> it's a wicked generation. So you guys haven't done that? Like, that I've been there since like May 1st. Man, I'll, I'll send you 20 bucks, man. It's really? Yeah. I'll, I, uh, yes. We have not done it yet. But, but like nobody's like banged on your door and said, no, hey, where it, are my donuts? It's, it's come up a few times because I brought it up. Like, you know, who who does donuts? And Isn't there like a the local donut I mean, that's, that's like the best marketing for a donut shop. I know, shop. I know, I know. When yeah. growing up at St. Justin yeah, Martyr in East Lake, Ohio, we, every Sunday, got Biagio's Donuts. Now, Biagio's Donuts are absolutely the best. There's this little guy, Biagio Cappadona. He made the donuts. <laughs> and you would go there, and he'd have a big statue of Mary in the place. But every Sunday, they would have, like— I love this guy. Biagio Cappadona. It's the best. Wow. It's a place they make pizza and donuts. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I went there with you that one time. They're yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah. They have a great donut spot in Arlington. Yeah, the donut, donut shop. Oh, donut my gosh. Shop. That place has been phenomenal. there for 60-something years. They make really good donuts. They really do. Now, we you got a place here called Homie Donuts. Mm-hmm. I'm not joking. Homie Donuts. And they're uh, Thai or something, mm-hmm. and then they got the little guy in there doing this, you know? Homie, don't play that. Yeah, it's the, the cat or something like that. I don't oh, think they're the, Catholic. The I think that's like a good luck thing. Oh, or it's something. the cat. Yeah. Yeah. I, I used to have one on my desk, and one of my kids broke it, but they're pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. But when you were growing up Catholic as a kid, the power your parents could wield over you on Donut Sunday, it was, that was intense pressure. It's like, look, if you act up during Mass, you're not getting a donut. Oh, dude, I've done that. that. Was, that's a big stick that the parents could carry around. Yeah. Leverage. Yeah. You act and up. And then you know what else I like about it, uh, especially if the weather's nice, is... You know, you sit there, you talk to some friends, and then the kids run around and play and get dirty, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's pretty mm-hmm. cool. When I was a youth director in Santa Maria and Flagler with Father Tetlow, I did donuts after every single Mass on Sunday. At, at your youth Mass? At my youth. No, even prior to that. Oh, so okay. I did it. At the, and that's how I also recruited a lot of kids for the youth ministry program, too. Yeah. So, you know, and all the kids staffed it. They helped move tables out. They put chairs up. We created a whole community experience. Instead of people running to their cars, they were stopping. They were having juice. They're having, you know, coffee, donuts. Yeah. And it was it was awesome. It was very, you know, community community building. Which donuts was, have a lot of power. They do. They do. <laughs> they do, especially in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, you know, before Mass, because we were set up, you know, for every single Mass— There'd be these older guys walking up, and I would see them take a donut before mass, and I'm like, "Dude, what are you doing? What are you doing?" <laughs> okay, number one, you're down. breaking the fast. Number break two, fast, you're man. breaking tradition of eating donuts early. And number three, you haven't been good in mass, so you don't get a donut. You're a bad, old man. bad man. I could see him going, "My sugar's low, Father." <laughs> and then I'd be like, oh, "Okay, oh, gosh, I feel like Father Rich is going to give a real passive aggressive homilies." And like Jesus said, those who take donuts early. 
shall find themselves in Gehenna. Shame! <laughs> Shame! <laughs> you're walking around with, you know, the aspergillum. You're, you're like, uh-uh, not you. Oh, man. Dude. Not you. You one. need milk. <laughs> <laughs> you want some milk to go with your donuts you already took? This is a true, this is a true story. Oh, Father Tetlo, Easter, sprinkling right. He's going around, and there were some curmudgeons at this, at this one particular parish. I mean, there were some very hard-headed people. And he's sprinkling everyone, and this guy looks at him very gruff, and he says, Enough with your shenanigans! Like, and I'm holding the I'm holding what? the holy water, and the best Father Tetlo takes the espresso. He's like, <laughs> and, and just sprayed him right in the face, man. It was such uh, a special moment. Do, do you remember Father Juan Carlos Rios? You oh, of course, him? yeah. This guy is like the most spiritual, soft-spoken, just but 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 really like has this really strong masculinity when you're in spiritual direction with him. You're like, wow, man. This guy's really got it. So one day we're sitting in the seminary and he's the spiritual guy for the house or whatever. And he's back in the back praying, you know, like eyes closed and everything. And he's on his knees and they're going around doing this, you know, and it, the ball flies off this thing. No. <laughs> I'm not joking, dude. It flies off this thing and it whizzes by his ear and cracks like the pew in the back. There's probably like a scar on it or something. Right. But it was funny cause he's like praying like this and it just goes and he goes like this. He goes, <laughs> now, if you're only listening in, if you're only yeah. listening, make uh, sure you're checking out our YouTube channel, Catholic Talk Show. Hit yeah. subscribe. Make sure you get all of our videos because that whole reenactment that Ryan Delacroix just did was perfect. Yeah, yeah, that's another thing. Growing up Catholic was how disappointed you were when they would do the blessing and you would not you get, get hit with any holy yeah. water. True. Yeah. You're like that's actually that's actually true. That's one of the things I remember being really fun is when they go around and do yeah, that. Yeah, but when you're a kid and you didn't get hit, you're like. Oh, Jesus doesn't like me. Yeah, you know? it's true. Is that on your neck? Let me get that. Yeah. There we mm -hmm. go. There we go. Huh? No, that's why I love Poland and some of the Eastern churches that use the, the, like, the hyssop. And the the hyssop. Broom, it's right? the broom. And it just absorbs so much water yeah. and people get drenched. That's, Our tradition, we have like that little aspergillum oh, yeah. with the ball on top. That's like that gun in Contra that you shoot that sprays up <laughs> that's, all that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The scatter gun. Yeah, yeah, man. I loved when I upgraded to that gun. That was awesome. Um, another thing now, I think for most of us who are still Catholic today, who grew up Catholic now, so many people who grew up Catholic are no longer Catholic. And if you're no longer Catholic and you're watching this and reminiscing, come home, come on back. Come on. Like, it's who you are. It's you can't, it's always inside of you. And it's Remember. probably got that way. Number one, by the indelible mark left by baptism, but number two, probably by your grandmother. Mm -hmm. Now, if you grew up Catholic, I am almost certain that your grandmother had a big tin of Danish cookies that was emptied out full of rosaries, holy yeah. cards, and holy medals. Mm -hmm. Dang. Right? Yeah, I remember that. In all of our families. Yeah. Every Catholic yeah. I know, their grandma had that tin I or got that my great-grandma's rosary. Mm -hmm. I do, too. Yeah. That's awesome. She used mean. to cook every Sunday. We'd go after the donuts. We'd go over to her apartment. She was like 89 at the time, 88. She would cook. She was blind. She went blind. But she would cook blind, and we'd come over, and her kitchen would be a mess. You know? <laughs> like, I'd just be like, you know. And, uh, yeah, I remember going into a room, seeing the rosary. Like, my aunt, on the Italian side of my family, the rosary was a very, very big, big deal. Very mm -hmm. big deal. Yeah, thank, thank God for grandmothers. Um, 
there's so many of us out here who would not be Catholic if it were not for our grandmothers Amen. and their prayers and their prayers. I mean, yeah. every day growing up, the thing I remember, I'd come home from school and I'd go to my grandparents after school because it was close by and they would watch us. My parents got out of work. And then I, I probably spent three to four nights a week there. And every night, seven o'clock, my grandma would sit in the chair and pray her rosary do the the whole because for the conversion of Russia her whole life I don't think I would still be Catholic in today's society and world if it were not for the example and prayers of my grandma and those Danish cookies gone <laughs> there was never any Danish cookies no I don't I, I don't think I've ever actually had one of those cookies so good but I've you know I've had I have one full of rosaries there's one full of buttons there's one full of like sewing junk. Yeah. It's the way grandmothers are. And the, and those holy cards. Holy I mean, cards. Yeah. I, we, we emptied out my uncle, who was the only family member. It was my grandmother's brother. Um, when he passed away, he was a NY, NYPD detective, uh, deputy inspector. And he was the only one in our entire family on the Irish side and the Italian side for that, for that matter too, that ever went to the seminary, but he wound up getting kicked out like you, Delacross. I mean, but he, you, you, you were able to endure a little bit more time. He was only there for like a week, and he played hooky and went, and went up to the Macy's and got busted by an NYPD cop, B-cop, picked him up. What are you doing? You're supposed to be in school. Was got in trouble and got kicked out of cathedral. Uh, yeah, he was like high school. High school. school. Seminary, so, yeah. so he got kicked out and then he he wound up enrolling in World War II and then went off to World War II. But, you know, we went through his house. It was awesome. He had like these guns from World War II. He had, cool. We were in the attic, all these old school things from, from his military days. And then we started going through his, his drawers in his room with my cousins and so many medals, so many, you know, holy cards and mementos from the Catholic wow. faith that date back to the early 20th century, some of them even even earlier, which is really cool. Things that he received from his parents and grandparents as well that he treasured. I, I got a question. Um, if 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 somebody sends you a holy card in the mail because you donated to them before and you're like, this is junk mail. Like I got a friend of mine, she collects them and she just puts them up on the altar I kind of throw them away. I mean, I, maybe I shouldn't do that. But I feel that's like it's junk mail. It's freaking look, junk okay. mail. You like, and if I, you want to donate to you, I'll donate. You don't send me no mail. You, you and know I, what I mean? It's like you and I own a Catholic marketing agency, and we know <sighs> that well, that kind of emotion. Like, look, you get that in the mail, you're not going to throw it away. You're going to open it. It's open, right? I take those, and I tip. I, I will. I, I won't throw them away. There's a, like if you see a medal, you take them, and then I usually go once a year, and I just take them to the church. Because either they, they can do put what? them, they either put them like in the library or in the back in the narthex, <laughs> and they'll give them out for free or whatever, or they destroy them properly. Because okay, how the, do you destroy them properly? Let's to destroy a um, a sacramental properly, it has to be typically burnt and then buried. Okay. Or it can go down the what is it the sacrarium? Sacrarium. If which, it can, if it can, I just, yeah, I, I, just can be dissolved. I don't like that they're sending holy you, cards out like that. That just to me, if if that's the way a sacramental should be destroyed. The the fact that they're bastardizing this and sending it out to so no, many people. No, I don't think. No. I, I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that. Do not do that. No, that Put does so much good. Tell other people are helping you. Yeah, but it's effective, and they're doing so much good with that. Exactly, and it's their way of saying thank you. It's not like a, a most. It's not a beautiful, very nice rosary or I've got holy some card nice stuff. But you know, it, it, the thing is, is I what Sheila's saying. I agree with as well. Bring it to the church. Put it in a basket, and every time that I put it out, somebody it goes. It goes. It goes. Okay. And if I need to, if I need to handle it properly, we could bury it. 
or burn it if it's paper. What, what, and when you say put it in the basket, you mean put it in the offertory basket? No, no, no. no, no, no. Just put it in the uh, back. Put it in uh, the back. In the narthex. And then we'll oh. put it in a basket. Okay. <laughs> okay. You, take, you take it. You drop it off. Hey. We put it in a basket. Yeah, and we give it away. put it in a basket. You daddy told me the narthex. I don't even know. I'm so confused. What is a narthex? A narthex? Is that, is that that whale thing with a horn? Gosh. <laughs> All right, buddy. All right. Thanks for that. Yeah, I, I appreciate right. no, that. I learned okay. something today. And, and Jesus, I'm so sorry that I threw all those cards away in the last 12 years. That's a, lot, that's a lot of time in purgatory, dude. But here's I'm the sorry. thing. My past, O oh Lord, to your mercy. My future to your providence. My present to your love. Padre Pio's beautiful words. All I, all I care about is you're transforming what you're going to do today. I, I just I just been transformed. All right, people. And you just saw that firsthand, my friends. On the Catholic Do you want to hit him with your coat or something? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Dude, 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 Dude. Right, what else we got? We got to um, stop sidetracking. That's remember? right. So growing up Catholic, pretty much for every stage in your life, you got a Bible and you probably still have them. You had a Bible when you were two or three, my first Bible stories. Then you got one for first communion. Yep. Then you got one in middle school. And then you got one for graduation. And so everyone's probably walking around with six, seven, eight Bibles that kind of chronicles their uh, their life journey. I mean, mm-hmm. I still have the probably five or six Bibles from growing up from each stage, and they progressively get more uh, mature. Mature. <laughs> At first, you know, you got Jesus and he's, it's all lambs. They don't talk about the crucifixion. And then by the time you're in high school, it's like, like an Irish crucifixion with just, you know, the full, the full thing. So what about the one when you get married? Father Remick gave me that big old white Bible, man. (laughs) The big old white Bible. Bible. I I have like three family Bibles. Uh, I have like my grandparents. I have the one from us growing up and now I have one for us. I need to like open that up. With Dude, my family or something. The family Bible used to be so important. You'd put all the dates in there. You'd put the baptisms, the marriages, the think, deaths. And, and it could be used, official documentation Absolutely. for for legal documents. Legally. You could use it legally. I'm having another Bible. metanoia right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What what kind of Catholic upbringing <laughs> do you have? I, I don't know. I should <laughs> probably shut up about what's going on in my life now. I'm yeah. not lending much credibility Mrs. to I'm my sure, faith. Mrs. Delacrosse, you did all these things, but your poor blockheaded son was just not paying attention. <laughs> so, yeah, um, having having all those Bibles from the different stage. I mean, I remember when I graduated high school, one of my uh, cousins, like an older cousin, right? He was probably like 40, gave me a uh, King James Bible. And I'm like, oh, thank you, cool. And I'm 17 years old. I didn't, you know, know about the particular versions. And I'm like, cool. And then like two minutes later, my dad walks up. He's like, give me that. He's like, that's that stupid Protestant always trying to bring his dumb Protestant stuff in here. He's like, take this, get rid of it. <laughs> he wouldn't let me keep it. I'm like, why? He's like, King James Bible. Come on. He's like, I can't stand that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and he was your cousin? He was my cousin. He was my oh, dad's first Lord, cousin. Have yeah. mercy. Oh gosh! But yeah, don't, he's like, don't go trying to give Protestant Bibles to my Catholic kids. You you can't you you, you got to burn that one too. No. How do you throw that away? You give it to a Protestant. Oh, okay, there you go. I'm, I'm just burn the trying to cover my bases here. But if your Bible becomes unusable again, you would have to okay. burn it. But, mm-hmm. right. but yeah, the little kids Bible with the uh, with the gold on the edges of the paper, and you just sit there and flip through them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pretty. Do cool. you have any of those? Bibles? I would love. I would. I'm just thinking out loud here, but I would love to have that ceremony for for the church, you know, think of the Easter fire. You bless the fire 
yeah. you keep that baby going. And then after the Easter Vigil Mass, if there's anything that needs to be burned, you know, sacred objects. I don't know if there's any, yeah. I don't know if there's any theology or when that would be done. I mean, on Holy well, Saturday. I, we've or? always we've always done you know at the seminary when we went through all of the old missiles when we had the the new translation. You know, it wasn't like a particular, you know, ritual or anything like that. But um, it would be kind of cool to use that fire, though. Just mm -hmm. kind of thinking out loud. I'll send them to you. <laughs> There's um, on the eve of St. John the Baptist, um, uh, it falls right around the summer solstice. One of the Catholic traditions was the bonfire on the eve of St. John the Baptist Day. That would probably be a good day because I know in a lot of parishes, particularly in French parishes, but still here in the States, they have a bonfire on that night, mm, nice. and that would be a good time to do that as well. Maybe that's a great. Yeah. That's a great idea. Mm -hmm. I've never been to a bonfire at a Catholic church. No, mm -hmm. you've never been to the Easter Vigil. Is that a, considered a bonfire? I mean, that's a that's the best fire of the year. At my man. parish, I don't call that a bonfire. At my I parish, they take out a, a Weber. Fire. They take out a Weber grill and just put. Are some, you serious? I promise. That's so what they, they did at mine. Yeah. Oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah. We'll come to St. John Paul II in Nocatee, Florida this year. What's We're going to have a fire. Like? What's that going to look like? It's gonna, There's going to be a beauty. I already bought the pit. Okay, you just bought a, a little pit. Yeah, but it's not a little pit. It's a big pit. Me and Delacrosse you, oh, were actually... Big is, holy fire. This is a big... This is <laughs> that a was big. the most Italian thing I've ever seen. <laughs> hey. Uh, Ryan um, just reached out his arms so and he's expressing himself my in this Italian off. way. Can knocked we, over Ryan Shields' microphone. Can we get some clarity here? All sure. right, so Anything this you bonfire, want. the same bonfire you're talking no, about? No. Okay. So, is it bigger? We, remember when we went to Ireland, we went to the Hill of Slain? Yeah. That was the Paschal fire yep. that St. Patrick lit. Okay. That's the one that everyone now does on um, Holy before, Saturday for yep. the Easter Vigil. Now, this one is St. John's Eve bonfire, and that happens on um, June 23rd. 23rd, because 24th it would be is the, his feast. 24th is a feast. So it's on the eve of his um, feast day, and they have a big bonfire. It's kind of like the Catholic official start to summer, and they use the Feast of John the Baptist to mark that you know, the solstice passing and now moving into summer okay. and they have a big bonfire. That's your tradition. So I'd like to take the time to encourage you to do that at your parish because that's kind of cool. That's awesome. I, yeah. I think I will. Like with, with pallets and stuff yeah. like that, yeah. you know? All right, in now, the middle of summer in Florida? Oh, yeah. It's before fire. the summer solstice. <laughs> it, so it's just going to be muggy. <laughs> now, <clears throat> now, before we get on to the next thing that you'll remember if you grew up Catholic, why don't you tell everybody about our sponsors? That's right. We are most grateful for our sponsors, and I have to first start with Hallow. Hallow is the number one Catholic meditation and guided prayer application in the App Store today. Be sure to visit Hallow, because when you do, you'll see all sorts of prayer and meditation guided efforts that they have put together in a beautiful and most attractive way. From Teze to Lexio Divina to Rosary and to Daily Gospel Reflections and so much more. This is a beautiful application that you should definitely have on your phone. And if you utilize this platform, you will truly be able to advance in not only your understanding of the Catholic tradition of prayer, but be able to cultivate that in your own practice uniquely to you. This number one Catholic meditation and prayer app is specifically out there for you to grow in your faith. We are so grateful for their work. We are so grateful for their sponsorship. And you should take a moment and check them out because they are truly at the very forefront of technological advancement and the new evangelization. So check out Hallow, 
Catholic Meditations and Prayer app today. We want to tell you about our sponsor, Exodus 90. Exodus 90 is 90 days of prayer and asceticism, cold showers and devout prayer moving through the book of Exodus so that men could find greater freedom in Christ. This program is a tremendous program that over 20,000 men have already gone through, and you should consider becoming the very next member in this very powerful movement. Please consider to join Exodus 90 now. Check them out. You will not regret it. Ave Maria University, our sponsor, is an institution of higher learning in the Catholic tradition, and one that is very, very dear to me, as I am an alumnus and a graduate of 2008 from the new campus. We were part of the first graduating class, and it is awesome to see how much Ave Maria University has grown and has become not only the youngest Catholic institution, but one of the most powerful, driven in academics and faith. It is a university that appeals to all. And we'd like you to consider becoming a student at Ave Maria University, or if you know someone that is of age that may be looking at colleges and universities around the country, be sure to tell them about Ave Maria. There are over 30 majors. There's programs undergrad as well as postgrad, all the way up to PhDs in theology. You do not want to miss a chance to attend this university. It is surrounded by the oratory, this beautiful church in the middle of Ave Maria town, just 30 miles away from Naples and the beautiful beaches. It's in Southwest Florida. So the weather is beautiful, but the greatest thing and the most beautiful thing about the university is the community. The community life is a place where young people find belonging and most importantly, encounter Christ in the beautiful tradition of the Catholic faith. So check out Ave Maria university today. You won't regret it. All right, thank you for that, Padre. Seriously, go check them out. They they help us um, produce the show, and they're actually those are awesome things. So if you're Catholic, those things are actually great to get. So thank you for that. Now, um, we talked about St. John's Eve. Now, here's something growing up Catholic that I think every kid can relate to is not wanting to go to Christmas Eve Mass. On Christmas Eve, you did not want to go to Mass. You wanted to get Sleep. to bed. You wanted to yeah. get ready for... Santa Claus in the morning at like and it, three and it was such a long mass and everyone had, you had to get super dressed up and your mom's combing your hair and you have to wear like your good Christmas stuff. Uh, and you're a kid. You don't want to deal with that. You want to, you want to get rid of the presents, man. You, you didn't like going to, I, that I was actually two. the only mass of the year that I liked going to. Really? I've only been to two in my whole life. Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve? Mm-hmm. You go Christmas morning. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man, I I loved it. Really? Yeah, I, I, and I would always fight my mother to not go to church. Mm-hmm. But uh, every time every I went to church, week, I'd always every fight her. single yeah. week. But when it came to Christmas Eve, that was I I felt something there. What time man. was your Christmas Eve mass? Four, four at Saint Elizabeth. See, yeah. at ours it was late. It was like nine o'clock. Oh wow! Yeah, then we didn't want to. Well, do that, that makes sense oh, that you yeah. would feel that way. Yeah. yeah. Because, of course, yeah, as it's getting to be nighttime, yeah, like, you're hey, trying man, to get to bed we're early. We're on the clock no, here, for man. Sure. Santa's yeah. in the air. Let's yeah, get, see, you know, ours was, ours was early. early. Yeah, now, now the parish. I need to deal with him. <laughs> <laughs> the parish we go to now, um, it's at 4 or 5 o'clock, and I, I do like that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, growing up, I mean, it was, a, okay, number one, the expectation that you had to get dressed up, way more dressy than you normally would, and your mom had some crazy Christmas sweater, and you have to wear a red turtleneck or some junk <laughs> under it, right? Uh, it's just like that was, that's hard for a kid to focus on mass when Christmas is coming up. So, yeah, like I said, I only went to two and one of them, I was a seminarian and I, I screwed up. 
Now, liturgy. But. Another thing about Christmas that if you grew up Catholic, <laughs> wait just a oh, second. Well, okay, you screw up the liturgy. Is that what I heard? I think I heard. We need the story. What happened? The people were very nice about it, though. Uh, you know the thoroughfare when they bless yeah. the the gospel. Mm-hmm. It was Father John Legaza, you know, and he's uh, he goes up there and he's like, I get the thing and I go behind him and he's like, the Lord be with you. I'm like, oh, he forgot it. You know, he forgot. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to turn around and go put it back. <laughs> so, so in case you, you don't understand what I'm talking about, after that, he turns around and he asks for it. And by that time, he was staring at my back. <laughs> and then everybody's looking at me like, get back there. <laughs> and so I turn around and I go back there. And then everybody's like staring at me and giggling. <laughs> and then I give it to him. So some things never change, Ryan. Don't. Yeah. Now, another thing growing up That's Catholic excellent. that you will absolutely... Did either of you go to Catholic schools growing up? I did no. not. I was a public school kid. I went to the to the um, CCD. I did too. Did you guys ever do the Christmas plays when you were a kid? No. Mm-hmm. No. No? Oh, man. Growing up Catholic, especially if you went to a Catholic school, school and you had to yeah. do the Christmas play. Everybody does that. Everyone does that. And unless you are cast as Joseph or Mary... <laughs> You resent the kids who got cast as Joseph and Mary because chances are you're like a star or you're a shepherd or like a tree or something. A donkey. A, war- a just donkey. A, you're, you're just, just a warm body. You just stand there. <laughs> and the whole play revolves around these two kids. And you're like, I could have done that better, man. I've got a little I've got a little guy. This is this is a true story just from this past year from, from my CCD uh, kids. So this little kid, Finn, he's probably like four years old or so. And he comes to daily mass with his dad. And he got cast as the donkey. But the lady who was choreographing the whole thing, she made him a sheep, like a little lamb. Okay. And he got all upset. I Because he was so prepared to be the donkey. Like he's like, I, I, I've been living as a donkey for three minutes. <laughs> exactly. I really got into this role. I mean, I'm doing like, you know, a real character study yeah. of donkey life here. And, and so <laughs> I just made the executive decision. I was like, Finn, you're the donkey, man. Let me hear the, <laughs> come on, give it to me. And, and it's, 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 he, just kept the, he did it for weeks. He would come up behind me and go, <laughs> but he pulls it off, man. Best yeah. donkey ever in a nativity show. Supporting donkey. Best supporting donkey. Do you have that award? That's no, awesome. Now we do. Best now supporting we do. donkey. And best supporting donkey for award. best supporting donkey in a kids Catholic <laughs> Christmas play goes to Finn the Human. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) I have great memories. I have great memories of those nativity shows and the, especially the The um, live, the live one. Yeah. That. And then also for, for Lent though, you know, like the living stations of the cross. I mean, as a kid, we confused like, what's going on here? Are these, are these real people? Like when you're like, Three years when old. You're really young. You're like, mm-hmm. is that really? Is that is that mm-hmm. them? Is that Saint Joseph? Mm-hmm. You know, and you're like, wow. Mm-hmm. Another thing, growing up Catholic for Christmas related. I don't know about you guys, but everyone I know and my family, we all had a nativity scene, right? Mm-hmm. And for sure, at least three of the pieces were most missing or broken, and like the hay on the roof of it, you'd like try to take it out of the attic, all the hay would fall off because it was always pretty beat up. Yours. Mine was pretty intact, but I had, it was, it, it, it was made out of like a plastic. Mine, mm. mine Ours was glass hay? and yeah. like, yeah. The like, hay wasn't plastic. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're talking about the hay? They were messing with you as a kid like that. <laughs> it's plastic. Yeah. You know, your, um, 
your wise men have broken arms mm-hmm. or, you know, now, you're now missing the donkey. Now my guardian angel statue that I had from the, my earliest memories as a child, that thing has, has received a beating, let me tell you. You still yeah. have that, right? I do. I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, yeah. the nose is all off of my <laughs> face, and the, like the wing of the the angel is off. Do you remember these as a kid? They were like, they're like the statues of like Jesus, but like, I, I like they sell them at every you know Catholic bookstore. But it's like a kid playing soccer, and Jesus is like playing soccer with them, or kids playing Football. basketball, and Jesus is just totally dunking on them. You know. Now, or, if there was a Jesus dunking on on somebody, I would kind of want just, that. I I, so. I've never seen that. I think you'd buy it. I would buy that. I, have you guys ever seen like? Um, and I've only seen this once, but when you you go up to the nativity and it's life size or it's big, and then you look at Jesus and you're like, he looks evil. Like his <laughs> eyes were like red. Like somebody clearly did not touch this thing up. It was really old. I know that. It was in New York. <laughs> what is wrong really with you? And I walked up and I'm like, why would they put this thing in here? Like, it looks, like, awful. Anyways. <laughs> nope, never seen that. <laughs> never yeah. seen that. that and I hope have, I never Ryan, do. that might have been what's called a... Um, Chucky doll? No, you probably... I don't know, man. Maybe you're getting a little satanic oppression there. No, 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 no. Okay. It was a really poorly executed doll. <laughs> man, when I was a, a kid... When it I was, was a, bad. When I was a kid... And they had the nativity scene. I always thought, I'm like, you had to be quiet on uh, Christmas Eve mass because when they put the baby in there, I thought, like, you don't want to wake him up. I thought that was really the baby Jesus being right. born every year, like, you know, three or four years old. Yeah. So I kind of tell my son that now, too, mm-hmm. let him believe that. Mm-hmm. It, it's beautiful. I used to, our tradition at our parish was you would bring gifts to the baby Jesus. Yep. And we had this huge nativity scene set up. And we would all go over there and we would drop off our gifts. And it was a beautiful recollection of, you know, like the wise men, like you're bringing gifts and these gifts Mm -hmm. are going to the poor. The wise men were not so practical on the gifts Mm -hmm. they brought. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, great. They were very prophetic. They were very prophetic. But I mean, diapers, burp cloths, things like that. That would have been a little more helpful. Some very pungent Arabian spice. A baby's going to love that. Well, I think maybe they were thinking Mary was going to go hawk that somewhere so she can get the stuff that... Stop! Stop! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're degenerating that (laughs) story of the epiphany, right? Stop! (laughs) Worse, man. Golly. So, So the whole sense of that, like, catechesis... Is is very very vivid you know, in my and, memory. You know, and the innocence and the and this the the trust, not the the wonder of kids. And I remember that, and I know I see that in my kids, and I see that in, you know other kids. That that time in your life is so special, um, and it's when you can look at the church in such a pure you know way that oh yeah, it's it's just it's really a wonderful time, and that is our greatest responsibility. Uh, is yeah. is to be able to provide these environmental and catechetical mm-hmm. moments for yeah. our kids to have these powerful encounters so that they remember what the seasons are about, what our celebrations, our festivals are about, what these customs represent. And at times our customs can go astray mm-hmm. and they lose the meaning of the substance behind them. And it's our job as parents as well as priests to be able to facilitate a greater educational effort for our kids so that they can come to encounter what this represents. It's so important. Yeah. Now, you know, you said something in there and I want I want to make a, a statement here. I guarantee we're going to have some trolls who are going to be commenting on this video on Facebook or on Instagram or Twitter or YouTube or whatever. And be like, oh, I know what you remember growing up as a Catholic kid, probably something. And they're going to make 
a cheap joke about the um, abuse scandal. Mm -hmm. It's not funny. And if you think you're clever and you're winning internet points by trying to be humorous for the very grave and terrible occurrences that have happened, it's not cool, man. It's not cool to try to score internet points by making light of a terrible tragedy like that. And but I think you need to re-examine your life if you're trying to score internet points. Really? Like, <laughs> oh, wow, sick burn, bro. You're, you're making fun. Of, you're exploiting the absolute devastating tragedy that happened to a children by someone they trusted to what? So a that's slight dig. To a slight dig that I'm just going to delete anyway. Save your time and go think about your life. Because so, we get a lot of those. Yeah. And, you know, but really, you know, we're talking about growing up Catholic. Um and thinking about it, it really is why the abuse scandal is such a grave scandal. And the church, honestly, it does it deserves all the derision it gets for it, the way they handled mm -hmm. it. Every priest who did it should face the full penalty of the law, uh, both here on earth and both the judgment of God on that. And for every child who was subjected to that, all I can say is um, just I pray nothing more than their healing and their um, their ability to move on through life. And uh, I just, it's absolutely abhorrent and any defense or cover up of it, anybody, any bishop who covered it up, any priest who perpetrated it, inexcusable. And anybody who makes light of it is just petty. So. Yeah, because you're really not doing anything at all to, you're not helping to honor or respect the people that are right. suffering and to support them. And it's, it's not producing anything good whatsoever. No. And yeah, we grieve, you know, it, and the thing is, is we've grieved the sins of Judas for a very, very long time in the church. The apostles grieved his actions. And this is the grief of our present generation. And we have, we've received it and it's been hard. And we deserved I, it. And, and the church the thing, deserves it. And, and it's really, but that's the thing, the, the delineating factor between what the church is and who the church is. And sinful, grave actions by people who either through omission and not doing anything about it mm -hmm. or the actions that are horrendous themselves, that does not qualify or establish what the church is. The church mm -hmm. is mystical and ever moving by animated by the Holy Spirit, right. governed by her, ruled by her, and truly, truly reconciled by her. So... The church is in a constant state of reform. This is the catalyst for reform that we're going to experience now as a church. Mm -hmm. Because the thing is, is we could sit here and, and receive blasts from trolls online that wanted to face the church. It's never going to happen. It's been established by but, Jesus right. Christ himself and animated in his spirit. And, and more importantly, because of that, we're not going to stop. This is like, this is not even like harming us. We're just telling you, stop wasting your time. Yeah, you're not hurting us. You're hurting yourself and you're disrespecting those people who actually suffered by it, you know? Right. Um, <clears throat> so just, just save the comment. And instead of doing that, do something constructive because, look, we're just as upset about uh, the sexual abuse scandal as you are. If you are really upset about and, it. And if you are, and you should be, Absolutely. do something positive about it. Making a snarky comment online is not going to help. No. And, and judging the church by the people who have failed its callings is not – that's like – saying baseball is a terrible sport because Mario Mendoza hit 200. What right? about Pete Rose, too? Yeah. Well, Pete Rose has 4,256 Nobody hits. gambled. Right. But I'm saying you, if you're judging an institution or anything by its worst element, that's, that's not how you judge it. You don't mm -hmm. judge by the lowest common denominator. You judge a thing by its capacity and its heights. And look, 
The Catholic, there's nothing that can get higher than the Catholic Church. And we're going we're going on a tangent here, but I think it's a, a good, I think it's a deserved change. But it's the same thing with police officers, well, and 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 policing and the law. Absolutely. You know, yeah, you have you have a, a crooked cop that doesn't represent the body of the of the police department. That's a corruption. That's, it's a corruption. That's, yeah. And and honestly, sheriffs and, and people in administration are dealing with that constantly. That's what they're working on. You know. And, and you cannot judge. Where would we be without That's, without proper policing? Where right, would yeah. we be as a government without political structure? That's like saying Andy Reid is a terrible person, the coach of the Kansas City Chiefs, because uh, the the amount of abuse in youth sports is higher than it is in the Catholic Church. No one's out there saying Andy Reid's a disgusting pedophile, and they shouldn't because just because he shares the same profession. Same thing with priests. Or it's the same thing with teachers. There's more abuse in public schools than there is in the Catholic Church. But you don't judge every teacher and think of them as a certain way, and you certainly shouldn't do it with priests. Now, I would say that with the church, because of our moral standing and our claims to moral leadership, we're called to, we're called to a higher thing. Mm-hmm. And the sins of anyone else doesn't negate the sins of the church in one respect, but still. Yeah, like if you looked at my Catholicism, and you look at first and foremost, the center, because that is what I present most to our Lord. So if that is something that drives you away from the Catholic church, then you're missing the whole point. That, that's the so whole, true. The whole that, point yeah. is like, I, I, I go to, I go to mass because not only God tells me to and all this other stuff, but I go to mass because I, I desperately need supernatural grace in my life and I get it from the Eucharist. Yeah. That's I get it from confession. That's where I find him. So yeah, you could look with secular eyes or, or, or eyes with knowledge and say, you're not a good mm-hmm. Catholic. Mm-hmm. I look at it and say, I don't care. I'm going back to that font and I'm going to receive that grace no matter what you say about me because of what it does for me and what it generates in yeah. my life. And I, I think that people on the outside of the church looking in see a body of people that are self-righteous mm-hmm. or you know judgmental or looking at their deeds. And you're a sinner. You're outside of the church. You don't believe in Jesus, et cetera. It's, and, and it creates a vacuum of experience where now they're looking at this and, and this is who, this is who these Catholics are. These are these people. That's, and they, you're absolutely right. They've got to totally reverse. All of us are sinful. Yeah. The righteous man sins seven times a day. It says it right there in the, in the scriptures, right? You know, all of us are sinful and we are all in need of God's mercy. And that's why we go to church to be sanctified, right. to be reconciled and to be ruled by something greater than ourselves right. to get out of ourselves. That's why we, that's why we call him a savior, mm-hmm. like millions of times in the Bible, the, mm-hmm. the word savior, mm-hmm. he's coming in the old Testament, like our Lord, our savior, like it's constant, like why, what do we need saving from? Well, it would be something that with somebody with knowledge looking at would say that we're not doing something right or that we're representing something in the wrong way. So there's the cross, boys and girls. Yep. So that, that, that was a little aside because I wanted to cut that off in the past because I knew that was going to happen because we're talking about the goodness of growing up Catholic and the things that we look back on fondly. And I know somebody out there who's not tactful or we get it on we get it on unrelated right, so uh, shows. We get wanted, it all the time. Yeah. I just wanted to bring that yeah, up real no, quick. That's, so let's let's get true. let's get back into the positive aspects of this mm-hmm. episode. Um, so here's some other things that if you grew up Catholic, you'll certainly remember. Um, Sword fighting with your brothers and sisters on Palm Sunday. Yeah, it, it had to happen. Yeah, and also stealing theirs because it's longer or <laughs> it's bigger or 
it's got a better color or, you know, and then getting to fights. Because I had two brothers, so it was kind of all fighting. Yeah, just smacking yeah. or, you know, going and giving the sign of peace to your brother and just trying to who could squeeze each other's hand yeah. harder. Absolutely. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. When we were kids, my brother, he'd be like, and, and give the sign of peace and be like, piece of pie. Every time. <laughs> and I'm I'm 39. He's 42. And you still do it. And we st- when we were at mass together, <laughs> we're like, peace be with you, peace be with you. Piece of pie. <laughs> Every time, still to this day. That's funny, man. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of... There's a lot, a lot of, things of that. going on with the kids when you pass out <laughs> anything. Uh, yeah, I try to make a a, a a a poodle out of it or something. Did your, kid, <laughs> did your parents give you uh, snacks to shut you up when you were a kid? I I don't remember being that young, but um, my I don't think so. My uh, mom didn't. Yeah, no way. No. Well, you, yo, listen, if you're a guy, I don't know. I never see girls do this. I've got, I've got two daughters. Mom, can I use the bathroom? Because I'm bored, right? You like you're bored. Oh, I did that man. all the time. So you know what my wife and I do when we get to mass? You're all going to the bathroom. Make sure it counts because you're not going back. Great. <laughs> like you're not going back. the move when you're a kid? Oh, it was. Yeah. oh, dude, it's like it's like Grand Central Station. And it was I right after the. It was right after the homily too. Tag, I gotta go to the, oh, yeah. the bathroom during the homily. I need a break, and part or of it was just to wake up. And yeah. I mean, even as like a seven or eight year old kid i'm just like you, you didn't have I an attention span stand up. i gotta go stand up somewhere <laughs> oh, and then man. you take your time and you mm-hmm. kind of I, I walked upstairs to where that well you see your buddies too yeah. right because everybody else is doing yeah. the same <laughs> thing <laughs> meet you in the back yeah. like hey yeah. what's up man how you doing <laughs> cool yeah exactly <laughs> and then you come back after 20 minutes your mom's like I'll catch up with you in the communion line. Yeah. I, remember when we were, I remember when we were kids, um, we'd all be sitting in the pews, but then when communion would come, the kids would peel off into the back, and we're like, we'll just catch up with you on the way out. And then you'd go in the narthex and wait back there yeah. uh, because you didn't want to uh, go and sit back down because at that point, you, you're eight years old. You have had enough of sitting and being quiet. Um, Did you guys remember the parking lot after mass sometimes was uh, a little uh i don't know less chaotic than, less like than Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> oh my goodness like people beeping at each other it, i was in the worst parish for that my <laughs> yeah. first parish in saint elizabeth it was so bad because it would bottleneck oh gosh and i mean there were it, it, immediately i would preach and kind of coach people before they went into the parking mm. lot yeah hey guys put your guard down yeah man. I don't know. The one I grew up, we had a huge parking lot, and it was an incredibly orderly system. Really? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you were lucky, because if you didn't have that orderly system, you, you saw some people beeping horns and sticking their hands out the ditch <laughs> True. Well, this is probably and, and, yeah, yeah. some Italians. Yeah. 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 Um, we're very expressive people. Yeah, yeah. Do, you guys remember your fir- do you guys remember your first communion? I do. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this name was my name. My my. Confession or my confirmation. That's confirmation. confirmation. <laughs> I said your first I, communion. I was, just, I was just mentioning that. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, too. so we can use it later. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, first communion as a Catholic, you have never dressed fancy in your life, and you probably still haven't dressed that fancy. I mean, like, uh, moms are dressing their sons nice. up like they look like dumb and dumber, like bright white suits, white silk ties and stuff. <laughs> Did you guys have that? I had a blue blazer. It was yeah, like a blue blazer and like I think a red tie or something. I had a three-piece suit. Was it white? It was white. Uh, no. <laughs> Gosh, no. My mom would never put me in that. Oh, but yeah, no, that would be a bad idea. Yeah. I wouldn't put you in a white suit. No. no, no that, that's that's true. bad, dude. <laughs> 
Thanks, guys. <laughs> Christian know thyself. Yes, yes. But uh, yeah, the white suits and all the stuff, or yeah. the, the and because now here's another thing. Do you remember what you got with your first communion money? Mm. I have no recollection. I got, um, I got. I think it was RBI baseball. RBI baseball, nice. Yeah, it was like thirty bucks. I probably it was did a lot of money similar, back then. Yeah. It was a lot of money. Those games were a lot of money. They Dude, were. They were like fifty bucks in like nineteen ninety. Yeah, I know. RBI baseball, and that was the one with the weird like slant, like slanted cartridge too. I remember that. Yeah. Too. Yeah, and there's a certain way to put it into the Nintendo. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, look, when you were a kid, that was the first time you got a fat check, man. That was the first time that you were yeah. flush with cash was after your first communion, probably rolling around with 100, 200 bucks. Yeah, my parents took it from me. So did mine. They my, were smart. My, no, my parents, look, we were poor, man. Mm -hmm. And my parents are like, look, here's your first communion money. Hey, Mom, where's my first communion money? We put it in the bank for you. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> we paid off our credit card. <laughs> <laughs> You're eating it. Happy dinner. <laughs> my uh my uncle, he's like in his sixties. He still has his. He still keeps it in the sock in his um a sock in his sock drawer. Really? He still has his first communion money like wow. fifty five years later. That's, that's cool. beautiful, man. That's, that's cool. He's Slovenian. Yeah. And, you know, Slovenians actually invented copper wire. And they're tight too. Well, Very they tight. invited it because the two of them were fighting over a penny. Yep. <laughs> so, hence copper wire. Hence copper wire. That's like a joke. Yeah, there you good. go. But he still has his. And, you know, I unfortunately didn't get to spend mine. But most people I know, they remember exactly what they got with their first communion money. But I'm, I'm probably in Delacrosse's, you know, ball field here. I, I probably got a, uh, I probably got a video game. Mm hmm. Lucky. It was, yeah. yeah. It's important to me back then. Yeah, it was important mm -hmm. to me too. Do you guys. <laughs> 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 there, there wasn't a lot that was important to me yep. back then. Yep. All right, a couple more things. Growing up Catholic, you'll remember. When you're growing up Catholic, when you're about to make your first communion, I don't know, everyone that I know, getting ready for your first communion, the you definitely took white bread and grape juice and practiced at home. You would like roll the yeah. white bread out real thin and then you like cut out little circles and then you'd be like, I remember doing that. Uh -huh. And I, I, but not the grape juice, but the, the bread, like I would, I would push the bread down, but the whole, the, you know, like when you're coming up and you have to practice with your hands and holding them in a particular way. And then the way that you kind of throw out the, throw did out you, your hands, you put, you put your hands out and you roll your hands and you, he does that when he prays mass too. Man. I do. That's in the rubrics. It's in the <laughs> you know, I never, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. I was a, I was a good athlete. So I was just like, this is easy. I'm looking at it like, yeah, I can do that. But you didn't, you didn't pretend and have white. Oh, man. No, I was like, this is simple. I can do it. I don't need to no, practice. We played mass and stuff when we were a kid and you know, mm -hmm. you yeah. get a cop and you pretend like you're the priest and everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I love it. My kids, I have a little mask kit for the kids that I used to use before things got more chaotic, but yeah. Now, do you remember... As a kid, growing up Catholic, when you're about to get your first communion, the anticipation of finding what finding out what the wine is going to taste like was like, man, mm. what's this? Yeah, I, I remember that. Mm. I remember that. Like, I don't want to drink wine, you know? Yeah, I was like, uh, am I going to get drunk? Mm. What's, you know, like you you don't know yeah. what it's like because typically that's I the first it was, time I was you drink wine. I was going to spit it out. You, <laughs> yeah, that's what I was like, because I, mm. I tasted my dad's wine when he drink wine at the kitchen table all the time. 
and I drank it one day, and I was just I like, wasn't worried about it. I was drinking whiskey. But your dad had a bad taste of uh, wine, everybody. Horrible. <laughs> he had really horrible, bad horrible. Taste of wine. Oh, no. Yeah, he would drink cheap wine. Very cheap wine. But he wouldn't drink a lot of it. No, so he wouldn't. It was no. just kind of like, and so, you know, he wasn't like very sophisticated or anything, you know? <laughs> His dad was a cop. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you know? uh, the wine growing up at my parish was like blush wine. It wasn't, it was, I, it qualified, you know, mm-hmm. it had the proper amount of grape musk and everything mm-hmm. to be sacramental, but it was like, like pink, I don't know, Moscato or something. It was not good. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the East, in the West Coast, they use white wine. Where we're from in our diocese, I mean. But you can do that, right? I yeah, mean, yeah. Can you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it still yeah. has the same properties. It doesn't have to. But, the, you know, the one of the things it. about the wine. Even in, even in your, all throughout Europe, they use. This uh, might be a tangent, too. But one of the things about wine, I went to go get some when we were having mass. And you're like, make sure it doesn't have something. Sulfur, yeah. yeah. What's the deal with that? It has to be, it can't have additives, no additives. Oh, they, you know, they all have additives in them. They do. Well, yeah, that's why you got to get, like, get organic wine. Yeah, if you get organic wine. There's not a lot of that. They, like, no, they have, they have them in all the wine stores. It's yeah. just a very small it's collection. It's a very small yeah, collection. Very, very small you collection. think wine would be like kind mm-hmm. of a pure thing, you know? Hard growing grapes, man. Just it's like bad. everything, dude. I mean, like everything we eat mm, and, yeah. and everything that's out there and just mass commercialized materials. It's like all of its preservatives and steroids and. Yeah. Yep. That's why I'm so strong. I eat steroids to my <laughs> milk. <laughs> GBH. Um, well, it's been a good show, guys. Yeah, I mean, no, uh, yeah. thinking about growing up Catholic, I, I look back at it fondly. I loved it. I mean, it turned me into the man that I am. Mm-hmm. Helps mm-hmm. me to raise the children, my children the way that I do. So if anybody out there, make sure you're sharing the things that you remember about growing up Catholic on the comments here. Yeah. Love to see those. Um let us know if you remember any of these things that we talked about or what we missed out. Mm-hmm. And uh, Father, before we leave, why don't you tell everyone how they could follow us and see next week's episode? Yeah, walking down memory lane, I think the thing that I that I cherish the most um, was the religious sisters that did the CCD. And I got in trouble a lot in my class, so I got sent up to Sister Anne's office all the time. And she would just sit there and talk with me. And I don't recall a lot of our conversations in specific, but... The fact that she was constantly there and dealt with me mercifully and tried to coach me to better behavior and not be so animated and, and excitable in the classroom was uh, something of a very, very fond memory. And, you know, let's let's make sure that all of us are, are praying for an increase of religious, you know, especially religious women. Uh, you know, some of the greatest nurturers and teachers in the history of the world have been holy and righteous women. And we were talking about our grandmothers. We were talking about our mothers. Yeah, I got to give a shout out to Sister Mary Quinlan. Uh, she put up with a lot of me <laughs> growing up as a kid. So yeah. if it weren't for her keeping me in the straight and narrow. Yeah, so thank you, Sister Mary. Well, since we since we apologize, Sheil, yeah. I think we should give Ryan Delacross a chance to apologize to any sister or any catechist that you may have offended. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, you know, kind of looking back, I, th- I think that uh, we probably need a whole nother episode just for me to count all the people that I've harmed in the Catholic Church growing up as a kid. Uh, harmed. Um, not not getting a hard time to harm. I, just, I harm them. I harm them. Oh, uh, we need to have a Confessions of Ryan Delacrosse episode. Great idea. No, no, no. We're no, doing no, the Confessions. No, no. We are going in the tradition of St. Augustine. Yes, it's a testimony. Oh. About the time that you stole the pear. Yeah. That's yeah, the kind of stuff you did. The pear? Like a fruit pear? 
You haven't read the confessions, have you? Uh uh-uh. uh. Okay. Oh, yeah, I have. The Saint Augustine. Yeah, yeah he yeah. stole a pair. Remember that part? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, yeah. Uh, but my my uh, my confirmation teacher. Uh, gosh, she's God rest her soul. She's had to have passed. She was very very old when she was teaching it. <laughs> I I forget her name, but I think it was Dolores. But she just she just let me do confirmation. She told me not to come back to class. I'm going to do the confirmation so I don't have to see you next year and the next year and the next year. That's how I confirmed. Yeah. Wow. Coming, see, coming to you from the Catholic studio. <laughs> man. Well, my friends, thank you so much for joining us in this most recent episode of the Catholic Talk Show. We want to see you here next week. And before you go, make sure that you hit subscribe and that bell if you're on YouTube right now so you get every single episode that we produce, as well as visit us online at www.catholictalkshow.com. And there you'll be able to see every way that you can see or view or listen to our material that we're producing. And we thank you for your support and a big thank you to our patrons. Patreon.com forward slash The Catholic Talk Show will give you the way to be able to support our show financially to ensure that these productions continue far into the future. We'll see you next week.